Next on BYU Sports Nation, the strongest position group BYU will put on the field against Utah. But which creates the biggest concern? Nine days away from the season opener, we chat with a couple of number nines, Austin Colley and Jake Heaps. Plus, is 5-7 and seven a real possibility for BYU this season? Which two national writers said it? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B... Here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Tuesday, August 20th. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, currently teamed up with the man who is buying tickets to see 21 Pilots in concert. His name is Jerem Jordan. Yeah, I've, uh, I've got to jump on this. They just went on sale, so uh, I'm just waiting for a code to my phone, and then I'll, I'll buy us tickets. Are you sure so, your phone's going to be working properly? Uh, I have it on airplane mode now, but I have my messages up. So Okay, what kind of price range are we, are we talking about here, by the way? Let's not discuss that publicly. <laughs> you want to sit front row, center? Hey, that'd be great. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be in our range, but yeah. Do I want it? Sure. Do I want an undefeated season for BYU? Yes, yes. Is it going to happen? While you wait for the confirmation (laughs) code, let me go through today's show lineup. Jake Heaps, former number nine for BYU. Why is nine a thing today? You'll figure it out. And why does he think Zach Wilson is a surefire early round NFL draft pick? Plus, Jerem's latest 10 and 10, the top offensive players that BYU will face this season, and Austin Colley on what it feels like to beat Utah and many other things. It's been a while since BYU's beaten Utah, so let's kind of rediscover the magic through Austin College. Magic happens? What? Magic does happen. What? Any code yet? No. Then we push on with today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football. Now in its third and final week of fall camp. The Cougars open the 2019 season next Thursday, hosting... Long-time rival Utah at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Guess what? Moroni Laulaputitao is back at practice. He Yay. participated yesterday without pads. He's in the acclimation period. Head coach Kalani Satake hopes to have MLP full go later this week. He wasn't in, in full pads because um, he has to kind of go through the two days of, the, of, of getting kind of, you know, they, they, the school does that. It's NCAA rules, but... So we keep all the rules and make sure that uh, we're going to go through the two period, the two days of him getting used to it and then being in helmets, and then uh, away we go. So hopefully he'll be full goal by Wednesday. Get him in pads. I had a one-on-one with him yesterday. You'll hear that conversation later this week on BYU Sports Nation as it pertains to his health and when he expects to be a full go. I'm now in the queue. There are 1,294 people in front of me. All right. <laughs> You're on the list. Maybe at the end of the show, I'll have a shot. Pro Football Focus names Taysom Hill to its team of the week after his 11-for-15 two-touchdown performance in a comeback win against the Chargers. Hill posted a grade of 93.8, which was typically your uh, test score in the testing center, the highest of any players in that game. The Indianapolis Colts have signed former BYU defensive back and safety Kai Nakua as a free agent. Nakua played for BYU in 2013-16, spent time with the Cleveland Browns, played a bunch of games in one season, 
and was on the practice squad most recently with the Baltimore Ravens and Carolina Panthers in offseason and training camps. Good luck to Kai as he moves to Indianapolis. Down to 574. We're going. Let's go. And the men's basketball team beat BC Salute, a pro team from Lithuania. Last night in Florence, Italy, 92-64, led by 23 points and 10 assists from TJ Haas. Uh, Jake Toulson also made four three-pointers. I think five of eight, actually. Today, the Cougars play LCC International at 2 Eastern, 11 Pacific. Viva Italia. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Oh, Jerem, the national writers are starting to put out some hot takes. Or in their minds, they might not think they're such hot takes. But... Five and seven, according to two national writers, including friend of the program, Stuart Mandel. Jerem, Stuart has BYU potentially going five and seven this season. Is five and seven a real possibility? Possibility, sure. If there's uh, like massive injuries. Hold on, I got to knock on wood. Okay, okay, that has happened. Yeah, of course it's a possibility. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I think BYU is going to be in the seven to eight range in the regular season. And uh, nine plus would be amazing. It, I'd be ecstatic, right? Um, that'd be awesome. That's what we really hope. I don't think five and seven is happening. I think BYU will be in a bowl game, and I think they'll do even better than that. At least seven, and uh, I think eight is the target. I think eight's the goal. If you have seven, you're like, eh, could done a little better. If you have eight, you're like, okay, good step forward. Zach Wilson's a sophomore. This was the second year with this offense. You were replacing back to back NFL draft picks at middle linebacker. Secondary was a little more banged up than we thought with Chris Wilcox and Troy Warner. You had to move Diane Gonwoloku. You had a brand-new middle linebacker. Uh, there were some questions, right? So uh, then you go to your junior uh, year of Zach Wilson with that whole offensive line basically coming back besides Thomas Schof, and you have Lopini Katoa, and you have some other good young running backs, receivers. You hope there's some growth from Gunnar Romney and Keanu Hill and whatnot. And now you're going. Now what this tells me is – a guy like Stuart Mandel has BYU going 0-4 in the first four games. Mm-hmm. And then that would be bad to Boise State and Utah State and somebody else along the line. But as we have documented so carefully on this program, BYU wins, on average, 40% of its Power 5 games in an individual season. So that would probably mean 1-3, mm-hmm. maybe 2-2. Two and two. It's not going to happen. Five and seven. BYU is going to win at least one of the first four because one of those teams is not going to be as good as a lot of people think they will be. Right. USC, who knows? Huge question mark. Tennessee, huge question marks. We know Utah's going to be good. We think Washington's going to be equally as good as Utah, but BYU is going to win at least one of the first four games, and they will be in a bowl game. Five and seven, not only will BYU say bye-bye to another bowl game, they'll probably be saying goodbye to some prominent figures on the staff. Yeah, if BYU has a losing record, then the seats get really hot. Five right? and seven's not happening. Especially because you'd be you'd go four, nine, seven, and six, and then five and seven. I don't think it's happening. I think BYU's too talented to go five and seven. I really do. Starting with the quarterback. Yeah, I think Jaron Hall is a guy that could lead you to a bowl game if he was the start of the whole season. I feel confident in that. Going to a bowl game is not hard. If you don't go to a bowl game, you stink. You, you can't win at least half the games. That's exactly mediocre. I feel confident that BYU is going to get at least seven in the regular season, despite how tough 
this uh, schedule is. Now, I should note that Bruce Feldman had BYU going 6-6. Six and six. Okay, sure. That's the low end for us. Like, at least 6-6. The low end 7 six for me. Six. No, the low end 7. Okay, so you're yeah. at least no. 7 wins. If BYU go 6-6, six and six, I'm like, oh, this season stunk. Come on. 5-7? and seven? Yeah. Topic 2. Hit it. Countdown to the Utes. Yes, it is nine days away. Sorry. Are you okay? I'm okay. Frog in the throat? I'm okay. I was going to cough for a second, so if you'd like to do it again. Let's do it again. We can do it again. Run, we're a team here. Let's run go. Run it back. <laughs> run it back. Or don't run it back. Well, give, give him a sec. <laughs> we are nine days away. Countdown to the youths. Nine days away. There we okay, go. Okay, thank you. Austin Colley Day, the mm-hmm. GOAT, wide receiver at BYU. Also Jim McMahon Day. That guy, too. Mm-hmm. He was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, with nine position groups and nine days to go, here are the BYU football position group power rankings okay. from nine to one. Let's start with number nine, the secondary. I think there are some talented people in this group. I know you do, too. Don Gonwoloku, Austin Lee are your kind of main returners. At cornerback, Gonwoloku, Heron, Mandel, probably your top three for two spots right there. Safeties, Austin Lee, and then... Malik Moore, Sawyer Powell, question mark, right? So not having Chris Wilcox uh, at corner and not having Troy Warner uh, at safety a little bit, that, that's an issue. Yes, I, I don't the, think depth, this is, the depth is a real concern. Yes, I don't think this is a weak group. They're number nine. It doesn't mean they stink. We just think, oh, perhaps the depth is going to be uh, questioned early, but perhaps guys rise up and they play well. Question marks for sure because of... The depth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some guys have been moved around. Diane Gawolik, who got moved to cornerback to help shore up no Chris Wilcox yes. and no Eric Ellison, who was expected to be a contributor. JC guy that's going to enroll later, apparently, but not now. So right. now D'Angelo Mandel and Isaiah Heron have some huge responsibility on the other side. I would imagine they'll play that boundary corner position, and BYU will leave Diane Gawolik to be the field corner and let yes. him be the general of that huge open space typically matched up with a team's best receiver. So I like what BYU is going to put on the field, but what, what happens if one of those guys has to come off the field and somebody, heaven forbid, gets hurt? Austin Lee, I think, is a formidable player. I think he's a serviceable safety. I think Sawyer Powell is the same thing. It'd be nice to have Troy Warner in the mix. Yeah. It's, just, it's just depth. Okay, number eight, tight end. We thought this might be the strongest position group like three months ago. Yeah, uh, and now there's issues, right? Matt Bushman, the main guy. Moroni Laulupujitao is back. That's great. Those two are good. Hank Tui Pelotu was going to be a star, apparently. He was playing really well, but he got hurt, so now it's just a little different. So you have those two, and then you have some young bucks, so that makes you concerned a little bit. Depending on what Moroni Laulupujitao is able to do as he gets acclimated back in, then maybe that position group jumps up, but for now, it's number eight. At number seven, wide receivers, Jerem. Wide receivers are interesting. You have the three seniors that you like a lot. Aleva Hifo, Talon Shumway, Micah Simon. Okay, they've been here. Let's see if they can do it. Gunnar Romney, talented sophomore, not injured, healthy, ready to go. 15 pounds of pure, undefiled muscle. Keanu Hill, 6-4 receiver out of Texas. I think this group will make another leap. All right, at number six, the BYU defensive line led by, not surprisingly, Kairos Tonga. But along with Kairos Tonga, who is the guy or who are the other guys that can step up and really make that defensive line an elite unit? I don't think they'll be elite. I think Kairos Tonga is, but I think Lorenzo Fawatea is a good player. Trajan Peely, 
there, there's some good experience. Rackenell, Bakri, Devin Kafusi, Zach Daw. So there, guys have been there. We just need this this group to take a leap and get pressure with four at times. That'd be nice. At number five, the special teams, and I think Jake Oldroyd is leading the charge here, Jerem. The cover teams, typically for BYU under Ed Lamb, have been really good. Yes. Like but, top 10 good in most significant special teams cover categories. Yes, but the point of the game is to score. And, uh, you know, field position helps with that. Those are all ancillary to the actual scoring. So if you're, not, if you're kicking field goals, you've got to make those field goals. Skyler Southam came in with a lot of, uh, lot of excitement, a lot of praise. I thought he was, he was good. He was fine, but he wasn't. Uh, he made the game-winning kick at Wisconsin. That was a huge kick. Um, that back and forth with Jake Oldroyd will be good. Uh, Jake Oldroyd appears to be the front runner, both punter and kicker. But as we found out with Jake Oldroyd, his freshman year, you might need two. So just be ready. Jake Oldroyd leading the charge. Special teams in the middle at number five. At number four, linebacker with Zane Anderson and Isaiah Kafusi coming back on the outside. Big question mark here is who's going to be the guy in the middle? The, yeah, that's, that's great with those two outside. Both of them got hurt last year. You're going to have to have backups uh, potentially in this game, right? Middle linebacker, who is it? There are four guys in the mix. Kavik Fonul was back at practice. Keenan Peely, Jackson Kafusi, and Peyton Wilgar all in the mix. BYU hasn't named a middle linebacker quite yet, but two or three guys uh, they're confident in. They haven't named which two or three they are. But uh, that's a big question mark. Middle and how much run does Chaz Ayu get in all of this? You yeah, know? backing up Zane Anderson currently. Number three, the running backs, Jerem. Yeah, two L- grad transfers you brought in. We talked about them all summer. Tyson Williams, Emmanuel Supa, Lopini Katoa is the incumbent guy. I feel like this is Tyson Williams as the main guy. Lopini Katoa right there with him, if not 1B, right? And then Emmanuel Supa is a nice third option. Some other running backs in the mix, but those are the clear top three. Yeah, going into camp, I don't think we had the running backs as high as number three, but from no. what we've heard, what we've seen, what the performances have been on the field, this position group seems to be in good hands with those three. Yep. At number two, the BYU offensive line. Now, this may be, I mean, Eric Mateos tried to kind of challenge the, hey, just because we have a lot of guys come back, we still got to earn it, right? BYU brings back some good talent. Brady Christensen is the left tackle. James Empey were freshman All-American. That was awesome. Tristan Hodge is a good player. Chandon Herring and Harris Lachance. Uh, and, and then you have good experience with Keanu Saliapaga and Thomas Schoff. Kiefer Longson's yes. making his way into Those the mix. Those eight guys I feel really good about. And that's good that we're not like, uh, who are the three? And then th- that's what we're saying about the linebackers. Like, okay, there's like three guys that you're like, okay, I like them. Who else will emerge? This old line's stacked to me. At number one, you've probably figured it out because we haven't talked about it yet. The quarterbacks, Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall, Joe Critchlow, Baylor Romney battling for that third position. Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall make this what we believe is the strongest position group BYU will take into week number one against Utah. And has everything to do with the backup. If Jaron Hall was just okay, this group would not be number one. Zach Wilson, we hope, is the truth. Jaron Hall had a great spring. He's had a, a good fall camp. People haven't been talking about it very much because he's been as good as he was in spring ball. If Jaron Hall has to play, be always confident he will come in and he will pick up the slack right away. There you go. From 9-1, to one, secondary, tight end, wide receiver, defensive line, and special teams at number 5, the top four, linebackers, running back, offensive line, and number 1, the quarterbacks. When you have your top three position groups – as running back, offensive line, and quarterback, you're not going five and seven. You're winning at least seven games. At least seven. Let's Come go. Come on. Come on. Eight. Our question of the day. 
Which BYU football position group are you most confident in nine days from kickoff? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At N underscore Crowley 19 answers on Instagram. Uh, Quarterback, obviously, there have been years like 2017 where BYU would die to have Jaron, Zach, or even Baylor. Mm, I'm not quite sure about Baylor yet, but yeah, I'd see your point. Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, the last 10 and 10 means the season is next week. I'll highlight the top 10 offensive players BYU. Plus, another former number nine, Jake Heaps, joins us. What's his draft status for Zach Wilson? It's high. We'll leave it at that. This is BYU Sports Nation. Really high. Like, really high. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, the top BYU versus Utah rivalry moments. Watch it on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And I did get us two tickets to 21 Pilots. Holy cow, it happened. I, I mainly had to do it during the break. I was trying during that segment. That's why I stopped introducing things and you would introduce Multitasking. I'm like looking. Oh, they're being taken. Anyways, we got two. We're good. Bandito tour. Yeah, baby. 1,254 in the queue. Sipping on straight chlorine. <laughs> he got the tickets. Yeah. Live from Studio B, your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. That is Jerem Jordan, owner of two tickets to watch 21 Pilots. I haven't told you how much they were for yet. <laughs> oh, we'll boy. discuss later. <laughs> oh, boy. That is Jerem Jordan, a man who has lined his pockets with diamonds and gold. <laughs> <laughs> BYU make like a million bucks a year. He's also the man that uh, earlier this morning had a chance to go one-on-one on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline with former number nine and BYU quarterback Jake Heaps. Among things discussed, Zach Wilson and the current state of Washington football. Here's Jerem Jordan, one-on-one with Jake Heaps. All right, nine days to go, so let's talk to our first number nine here on BYU Sports Nation. Jake Heaps is back on BYU Sports Nation. Jake, long time no talk. How are you? Hey, I'm doing fantastic, Jeremy. It has been a while, but uh, it, you know, good things good things never go away, and so it's always good talking with you. Absolutely, thank you. Uh, it's it's been a wild journey for you. Obviously, BYU, Kansas, Miami, into the NFL. Now you're coaching quarterbacks. You're on ESPN 710 Seattle, which I listen to for the Mariners broadcast and whatnot and coverage of the Seahawks. So, uh, how's life been since BYU? Uh, it's been great. It's been a whirlwind. I'll tell you what. Obviously. My college career, uh, it, it was a journey for sure. Going from BYU to Kansas to Miami, uh, learned a lot and learned a lot about myself uh, as a person and also as a player. And ultimately, I, I firmly believe that it made me a better football player, a better husband, um, and a better better brother and, and father and all those things, um, and, and just gave me uh, perspective. And also, having the chance to play in the National Football League have a, a short career that I did. Um, it, it was amazing getting a chance to, to play at that level, experience that level, what that's like, what those rooms like, how it is on the field. Um, it, it was truly an amazing experience. And now getting a chance to coach, to give back, uh, to work with uh, Russell Wilson himself, to uh, the next college uh, greats, to the high, you know, the next up and coming high school talent, and and all the way down to youth level. I enjoy every single level, and and then getting to do the media side. It's it's different, but I I love it, and it's it's been a blast getting to break down teams and getting to uh, break down individual players and really try to educate um, in terms of what are realistic expectations. 
Well, let's tap into your analyst mind now because BYU obviously has a talented freshman, now sophomore quarterback in Zach Wilson. What do you think of Wilson after his seven starts last year and uh, the opportunity to go up against four power fives out of the gate? Yeah, if you're Zach Wilson, uh, this isn't a better opportunity. You, you've got, uh, obviously, a, a very tough schedule at the beginning uh, to really make a statement for yourself. Um, and to me, I'll just say this right out of the gate, Jerem, I believe that Zach Wilson is a first-round talent. Firmly believe wow. that. Um, I, and it's not overhyped. The kid has it. He's got the size. He has the arm talent. He has the athletic ability. Um, he's got things that I certainly didn't have. Um, I wasn't a dual-threat guy. But I believe that Zach Wilson over time um, has that ability to be a first-round pick. Do I believe he's there now? No, that's the difference. I don't, I'm not saying that he's a first-round pick right now, but I believe that he has that talent, and that's what he has in his future if things were to go right. Uh, when you watch last season, there were obviously games where – his talent flashed and, sh- and shined through in a major way. There was also times last year that I think this offense as a whole uh, was going through growing pains, trying to figure out their identity, trying to figure out how Zach Wilson molds and meshes with the offensive philosophy that, that they have. Um, and uh, there were definite growing pains for Zach Wilson as well, being, being efficient, processing, learning uh, reads and coverages and, and, and maximizing that uh, talent and, that he has around him. And so I look into this year, and you're going to run into a gauntlet uh, of a four-game stretch here where you're going against some pretty great talent. And obviously Utah being game one, I don't know how I feel about that, Jerem, honestly. <laughs> uh, it, 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 to me, that always seems to be a game that's kind of sacred for the end of the year, and I know it's been played in week three a bunch, but – Gosh, it just seems weird to have that be game number one. But, uh, I mean, I guess why not, right? Yeah, why not? And I want to talk about Utah more in a second. But uh, Zach Wilson had seven starts, obviously punctuated by an incredible performance in the bowl game, 18 for 18. Four touchdowns, his pass efficiency was like a million or whatever. It was just an amazing game. (laughs) But what did you see in those seven starts that made you feel like, okay, this guy could be a first-rounder? Well, you just saw growth, and obviously I think the first thing first that uh, uh, goes (laughs) – Sometimes it's a, it's an obvious thing, uh, but sometimes it goes un, underrated in terms of a quality is every great quarterback has to have supreme confidence. And Zach Wilson oozes confidence. He oozes swagger. Um, he, it's just kind of built in his DNA. It's not fake. It's not something that's self-generated. It's just he has that, that it factor about him. And, and so I think that that was, despite his struggles, uh, you know, even during his good times, but this, despite the struggles, he still had that that sense of presence about him, which which is key. Um, and I didn't see him get rattled at all. And and the other part of it too is once he felt comfortable, once he started trusting what he was seeing, the ball was jumping off his hand. He was throwing with great anticipation. Um, the location of every throw was right where it needed to be, um, and guys weren't having to go out of their way to make great plays. Um, and so, and to top it all off, Zach does an amazing job being able to extend plays, create plays with his legs 
legs and really be a threat um, for defenses. So he he's a guy that's multidimensional that makes it really hard on defensive coordinators. And I'm really excited, Jerem, Did- to see to see what this offense can look like in year two. Now now knowing that Zach Wilson is going to be your quarterback, trying to utilize his strengths and the talent around him, uh, what this offense is going to look like because as because last year, especially during the early part, this this group was very very conservative. Absolutely, and uh, that conservative game plan works at times, say at Wisconsin, but not necessarily against everybody, right? Now Utah comes in with a stout defense, returns Tyler Huntley and Zach Moss in the battery of quarterback and running back and Britton Covey, talented offense. What do you think of the matchup with Utah right out of the game? Yeah, this is going to be a great litmus test. This is going to be a great test for BYU to, to see truly where they're at um, defensively and offensively, and, and more importantly, offensively. Uh, do they have their identity? Uh, like you said, versus Wisconsin, uh, their conservative approach, their downhill attack, their ball control offense was great, and it played right in the hands of, uh, into that game for them to win. I believe versus Utah, you've got to do a little bit more than that, though. Uh, this, this Utah defense and this Utah team is as a whole, Jerem, uh, I know there's a lot of hype around them, but it's all very real, and it's there for a reason. Uh, this might be the most talented group that Utah has had in quite some time on both sides of the ball. And uh, obviously the big question for Utah, and this has been the question over the past uh, few years with Utah, is they've always had a great defense, but they've always been very inconsistent on offense. And if they can turn that offense into some consistency, this, has got, this is a group that, that has a great chance of winning the Pac-12 if that offense uh, can turn things around and be a consistent uh, performer. So for BYU, this is going to be a great challenge, great challenge for Zach Wilson, um, and uh, they're, they're really going to have their work cut out for him. So it's going to be a fun physical matchup. It always is. There's so much emotion that goes into that game, uh, but you're going to find out exactly where they stand right away. Talking with Jake Keeps on BYU Sports Nation, former Cougar quarterback, now uh, analyst and QB coach. You're in Seattle, so you're infinitely, uh, intimately familiar with Washington. This is an interesting group because Chris Peterson always reloads, yet this is unique in that they're replacing nine starters on defense, obviously uh, Browning and Gaskin in the quarterback running back spot, but you have Jacob Eason and you have Savan Ahmed. Uh, how do you expect Washington to be in game four against BYU? Yeah, hopefully by game four for Washington, they ha- they will have found their stride a little bit. They'll be uh, they'll be rolling in terms of their offensive philosophy. This is a group when we talk about BYU's offensive philosophy. Uh, UW really struggled in that area. They've got a ton of talent, even though they lose a lot of. Uh, defensive starters. Uh, defensive coordinator Jimmy Lake is one of the best in the entire country. Uh, UW is is in a space right now where they are. They have built an elite program. Uh, they've got guys just waiting in the wings to to take the next step. And so, from that standpoint, UW is going to be just fine defensively. They've got a, amazing talent um, and a very good defensive culture. Offensively, uh, they lose a lot of their playmakers, like you mentioned, but they do return almost all of their offensive linemen, four other five offensive linemen, their running backs, although you lose the the best running back in, in Pac-12 history and, and Miles Gaskin statistically, uh, Savon Ahmed and the guys they have behind him are, are, are definitely going to be good enough to replace that production. The big question is quarterback. Um, with Jacob Eason and Jake Hayner, it is, as the narrative has been, you would think that Jacob Eason uh, would be named the starter by now, but he hasn't. And by all accounts, this has been a very 
close quarterback battle for Chris Peterson. So that part of it is intriguing, and it's also concerning because you're only you're less than two weeks away from your first game, and so it, for Husky fans, they are very nervous in terms of how this quarterback battle is going, what that means for this offense, and with an offense that struggled last year at times um, and, and failing to produce a single touchdown in the Pac-12 championship game uh, versus Utah last year. So this is, uh, this is a group that's wanting to get things going, wanting to find their rhythm uh, and, uh, and offensive identity, and hopefully by week four for them, uh, they have found that, but hopefully for BYU, uh, they have not. And we have about 30 seconds left. Uh, are you going to pursue the XFL? I saw you were invited to the draft. Yeah, yeah, absolutely going to pursue it. I, got it. I, I was invited to uh, be uh, part of the draft, like you mentioned, and uh, I think there's a great opportunity out there in the XFL. Um, and uh, life happens, so you never know what's going to come, come to fruition. And, uh, but the XFL opportunity, I really feel like Vince McMahon, uh, Jim Zorn, uh, the, the, Oliver Luck, uh, they, they've got this uh, situation under more control than the AAF did. Uh, financially, they're, they're going to be there, and they're going to have a great product and would love to be a part of it, especially here in Seattle. Well, awesome. We wish you uh, the best of luck in the draft there in a couple months. Uh, and uh, great to talk to you. Appreciate the time, Jake. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Jeremy. Let's do it again soon. Jake Keeps on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Wow, he's high on Zach Wilson. First round, wow. Perhaps he would grow into that in a couple of years. That'd be awesome. That means BYU would probably have a 10-win season. And I hope it works out in the XFL for Jake. That'd be great. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be great. Coming up, the greatest receiver in BYU history, Austin Colley, joins us on number nine, Dan. Where would he rank in your 10-10 offensive players this season that BYU faces? Top three. Ooh, okay. You'll find out the rest of the 10-10 next. This is BYU Sports Nation. I demand that BYU Sports Nation be available. And it is. You can go to BYUSN.com, the BYU TV app, listen on the BYU Radio app, or where podcasts are found. Whenever you want. You demand that it be on demand. On the internet. All right. Yeah. We got it. Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation, with today's headlines. BYU football in its third and final week of training camp. Cougars open the 2019 season nine days from now. Against the University of Utah at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Of note, Moroni Laulapututau, senior tight end, back, completed his classes. He's practicing with the team, but without pads. Acclimation period will put him in full pads probably on Friday. Head coach Kalani Satake hopes to have him full go later this week. Pro Football Focus names Taysom Hill to its NFL Team of the Week after his 11-for-15 two-touchdown performance in a comeback win against the Chargers. He'll post a grade of 93.8, the highest of any players in that game. On that NFL vibe, the Indianapolis Colts have signed former BYU defensive back Kai Nakua as a free agent. Nakua played for BYU from 2013 to 2016, spent time with the Cleveland Browns on the active roster, played in several games, then on practice squads with Baltimore and was picked up by the Carolina Panthers in the offseason, but now he heads to Indianapolis. Good luck to Kai. Men's basketball team beat BC Salute, a pro team from Lithuania last night in Florence, Italy. 92-64, led by 23 points, 10 assists from TJ Haas. Today the Cougars play LCC International, 2 Eastern, 11 Pacific. It is the final 10-10, which means college football is very close. Let's do this. Ten lists in ten weeks. It's Jeremy. Ten and ten. 
The final one is the top 10 offensive players BYU will play in 2019. Number 10, Aaron Fuller, wide receiver, Washington. The 5'11", 183-pounder led the Huskies with 58 catches, 874 yards, and four scores seven years ago. He put up a hundy in four games, notably against Auburn, Utah, BYU, and UCLA. Top 10 in the Pac-12 in receiving yards and yards per catch. The question now is, who's going to be throwing this guy the ball? Because apparently it's not a clear-cut scenario in the Northwest. Yeah, wait a minute. Because one of those guys is on this list. Number nine, Amon Ra St. Brown, wide receiver, USC. This uniquely named receiver had 60 catches, 750 yards, and three scores as a freshman. In his third college game at Texas, who apparently is back, nine for 167. Also had 10 for 94 against playoff team Notre Dame to finish the year. This is going to be a real challenge, probably for Diane Gawalaku, but at least BYU gets USC in Provo. We'll see what they can muster up in the past game in week three. And there are three really good USC receivers. Number eight, Jawan Washington, running back San Diego State. He was one yard shy of 1,000 yards, despite missing four games last season due to a broken clavicle. Five yards carry, 10 rush TDs, all in nine games. San Diego State has a good running back. Also, the sun will come up tomorrow at some point, and football happens in nine days. Well, it happens this weekend. I'm excited. Number seven, Antonio Gandy-Golden, wide receiver, Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. He has back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. Last year, he put up 245 at New Mexico, 205 at UMass. Second most yards per game among returning pass catchers on BYU's schedule. So between those two games, he had as many receiving yards as BYU's leading receiver all season, essentially. Almost, yeah. It was close. Boy. That's great. Number six, Jacob Eason, quarterback, Washington, who Jake Heaps just told us the last segment, hasn't won the starting job yet. I have him at number six because he's six foot six. Returning home to Seattle, he was a five-star high school standout, started 16 games in two seasons at Georgia, lost the job to Jake Fromm after an injury, but he had a two-touchdown to... Uh, Two-to-one touchdown-interception ratio as a freshman. He redshirted last year. He has two years to play, too. I think he'll be the guy, and I think he'll be really good. Okay. Uh, I would think he's going to be the starter, too, but it's just weird that it's not determined yet. Yeah. The top quarterback on this list, however, is your boy, Jordan Love, Utah State. Love was incredible last season. 3,500 passing yards, 32 TDs, 64% completion rate, seven rushing touchdowns, four TDs, uh, against BYU last year. Seven 300-yard passing games. But it won't be the same this year, in my opinion. One starter back on O, and he knew Staff and Logan. It'll just be different. He caught a lot of people by surprise last year. He's not going to catch anybody by surprise this year. BYU will scheme differently. and doesn't have all of the offensive weapons around him. He's a great player, but it's going to be a different story this year. Number four, Michael Pittman Jr., wide receiver, USC. Pittman led the Trojans, 758 yards, six touchdowns, led the Pac-12 with 18.5 yards per catch, top 10 in the other two categories. Went over 100 in three of the last five games, including six for 155 and two scores against Colorado in October. If you're not scared of this guy, you should be. Of all of all the opponents that USC will face this year, he's going to do damage against the best of the best. Number three, Zach Moss running back, Utah. Moss rushed for nearly 1,100 yards, 11 touchdowns, despite missing four games, 6.1 yards a pop. If Moss didn't have a serious knee injury in November, he might have gone pro. Now he has a broken right hand. We'll see how that affects him next week. Uh, ESPN listed their top running backs of college football yesterday. Zach Moss came in at number one with a rating of 96. Is he the best running back in the country? I don't think so, but I think he's top 10. I think he's really good. Number two. Trey Smith, tackle, Tennessee. An offensive lineman made a list. 
6'6", Could be the first offensive lineman selected in the NFL draft next year. However, he has, he's had two issues with blood clots in his lungs, which is scary. He's missed some games when healthy. Uh, he's one of the best in the country, and the NFL draft boards reflect that. Last week, Jeremy Pruitt said there is a plan to give Smith an opportunity to possibly play again. So up in the air as to whether he's going to play. But if he plays, he's awesome. But will he catch the ball is the real question. Also, is this the Orlando Pace list? And the top offensive player the Cougars will face this season is Trey Adams. Left tackle! It is the Orlando Washington. Pace list. CBS Sports has him as the second highest rated O-lineman heading into next year's NFL draft. 6'8", 306. He's been injured the last two seasons, missing a combined 16 games. 32 career starts, 2016 All-American as a sophomore when the Huskies went to the college football playoff. Again, if he plays and is healthy, he's the best player on the field. Wow. Two tackles. I'm breaking it down here. Come on. This is a deep dive into the offensive yes. line. And that concludes... The top 10 offensive players and 10 in 10 for 2019. Our question of the day, which BYU football position group are you most confident in nine days from kickoff at D10 E15 answers on Instagram, the offensive line. They're going to be able to hold their own all year. Lots of depth. And as long as they can stay healthy, they will provide Wilson with a lot of time in the pocket and make big plays for the offense. You know who told me he loves 10 to 10? Danny Jones. BYU's punter. He's oh, like, Danny, where's the punter list? Danny, and Danny I said, Jones. I'm not sure it's going to uh, happen. The punter. Speaking of punters, did you see former Utah punter Mitch Wisnowski yeah. uh, basically decapitate a guy on the field last night? I did. I did. <laughs> this isn't Utah Sports Nation. Coming up, what Cougar there. squad is picked to win the West Coast Conference this season? And Austin Colley joins us. What's that feeling like when you know you've beaten Utah? He did it a few times. So we're going to ask him about it. This is BYU Sports Nation. And the magic happened again. Join us one week from tonight for the season debut of BYU Football with Kalani Satake, 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific. This season we are on the BYU TV app live on Tuesday nights. We re-air the next morning at, the, uh, at 1 p.m. Eastern time. You can reserve your seat today on BYUcougars.com slash Satake Show. We bring in our second guest of the day and do so in live format with our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Austin Colley is the only BYU wide receiver to catch over 100 passes in a single season. He caught 106 footballs in the year 2008. Cody Hoffman had 100. Jay Miller had exactly 100. Austin Colley, the only guy to go over 100 with 106. He now joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Nine days away from BYU and Utah. Austin, great to have, on, have you on the show, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me, fellas. Okay, let's hear the backstory. Why did you pick number nine and wear that at BYU? So growing up, uh, I was a huge fan of Peter Wark. Huge fan. And that's the, uh, that's the number he wore at Florida State. And I loved him because he did everything. He returned kicks, uh, played quarterback, uh, obviously was a great wide receiver. Um, uh, you know, I, I think they, they, you know, they even had him a running back and sometimes on defense, right? Like the guy did everything. And, uh, uh, I wanted to be just like him. So, uh, and love the number. Did you ever throw that out to Robert and I, Hey, can I be the Pete Warwick of BYU? <laughs> uh, more than once a day. Easy. <laughs> Um, I, I feel like you're the best receiver in BYU history. Maybe you don't care about that kind of stuff, but do, do you feel like you were the best receiver BYU's ever had? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I love it. You guys put me on the spot. What's up, do Just right away. Um, yeah, I think so. I think so. I think uh, I think BYU's had a a lot of phenomenal wide receivers, and and I also think it's difficult to say, right? Just because it's you know the, the talent out there just keeps on getting better and better and better. You know, I, I see kids do things now that that I wouldn't dream of doing uh, on, on a football field, and and uh, it's now become a kind of a common occurrence. The things that these kids are doing that that I used to think was just unbelievable. Um, uh, you know, but I, I obviously it's, it's uh, everybody has their different opinion, and, and uh, uh, you know, I, I'd like to think so. I'd like to think that uh, you know what I did was was pretty unique, and and uh, you know, showing up and 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 uh, contributing right away uh, from day one, and and been uh, leaving for two years, and and then you know, doing it two more after that. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd like to think so. Austin Colley with us on BYU Sports Nation. 215 career catches, 3,255 career receiving yards, and 30 touchdowns. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that qualifies as uh, in three seasons the best <laughs> at BYU. Austin, we saw Dylan, your little brother, in his senior season at BYU kind of catch a groove there in the bowl game with Zach Wilson. Six catches, 124 yards, two touchdowns. He's gone, but obviously Zach Wilson is back for what BYU fans hope is a very long time. What do you think of Zach Wilson and his progression and what he's capable of at BYU? You know, the one thing that stands out to me that, that Zach has is just that swagger, right? He's got that X factor that you cannot teach, um, you can't practice. Um, you know, Max had that, right? John had that. Every great quarterback to come through BYU had that, where you, you – uh, you got that little swagger. You got that little that little confidence uh, uh, and surety and that you're gonna, no matter what the play was, or, or when, no matter what play was gonna be needed, you were gonna make it right. That, that's one of the things that made Max so great, right? Was uh, you know I, I'd go to battle with that kid any day of the week just because uh, you know I had confidence that no matter the situation, he was gonna be able to make a play for us. And, and Zach kind of has that, right? Um, some could call that arrogance, right? But you you need a little bit of that if you're going to be, you know, if you're going to be great in those situations. BYU plays Utah to open up the season. Um, this is the first time they've ever met to start a season. They'll do it next year as well. How do you feel about this? Is game one? Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I think it's an it's an exciting way to start off the season, but I honestly think. That last week of the season, man, that rivalry week, you got other rivalries going on. Uh, you know, the whole week or the whole year, you've kind of been anticipating, you know, anticipating this one game. Um, and it doesn't matter how inferior the one team is over the other. It was always going to be a great game and you were going to get everybody's best, right? I think the first game of the season, you're still trying to like kind of iron things out. So, you know, one team may not, you know, may not be game ready at that point, but you get almost at the, at the last week of the season, you get almost, you know, uh, have some certainty that everybody kind of had all the kinks ironed out and, and you were going to get the best team at that best moment. Right. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of torn. Right. But it is, it, on the other hand, it is a great way to kind of kick it off and, and, uh, 
start the season off with a bang. Austin Colley with us on BYU Sports Nation. This is the highest-ranked Utah team in their preseason football history. Jeremy and I kind of feel like if there's a year for BYU to beat Utah and break this streak, it almost feels poetic that this should be the year. What do you think? Yeah, again, if if I'm Utah, I'm a little worried, right? Because, you know, it's hard to start, you know, that that first week of pads and live action and live, I mean, everybody's got butterflies. And again, you know, uh, that first game is not, always indicative of how, of how the team actually is from a talent level, right? And so, you know, if, if I was if I was Utah, I'd be a little bit. Uh, there's almost too much, uh, uh, too much, uh, uh, you know, talk around the team, and, and uh, kind of like you said, uh, it's uh, it's almost destined for uh, for something to to happen for there to be an upset, right? This is the first time they've been picked as the preseason Rose Bowl champs. So. Yeah, good yeah. for them. Congratulations, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Uh, Austin, I want to ask you about 4th and 18 because we're feeling BYU in Utah. So I'm looking at the play here, and I never realized that you started chopping down after 8 yards, and for some reason the corner bit on that. It's 4th and 18. What? Yeah. Wh- why? Why did they bite on that? That was fantastic. That, that was fantastic. I'll tell you what, when Max – I don't know if you can see it pre-snap, but Max kind of looked at me and gave me a, a signal, right? Like I, I was initially just supposed to run a takeoff, but then he gave me a signal to to, to chop it down or to stutter it at, at around eight to ten yards. So it was like a, it was a double move type of play. And I, you know, if you could if you could kind of be in my head in that moment, I was like, Max, you are an idiot. Like, why in the world? Am I going to run a double move at 10 yards when this guy's just going to be sitting at the sticks at 18 yards, right? And he's, and shouldn't be, you know, no matter what the situation, should not be biting on anything at 10 yards, and sure enough, it happened. So, <laughs> when when did you realize? Oh my gosh, we're gonna we're gonna get the first down here. I think when he bit, right? I think when he bit, I was like, oh, you know, there's a reason why Max gave it to me. Um, and uh, you you kind of know when when a quarterback goes out of his way to signal you something, he kind of has in, in the forefront of his mind that he's going to be coming that way, right? So I knew once he bit, we got what we wanted, and, and the ball would be coming my way. So, Austin, let's finish with this because it's been a while. What does it feel like to beat Utah? <laughs> so I only did it once, man. I only did it once. So in 2004, we went up there and we got our butts handed to us. Right, that was the year that they went to. Uh, I just so happened two out of three years played the two best Utah teams that probably ever, you know, uh, uh, suit up. Right, first in 2004, that's what the year they went to the Fiesta Bowl and won it. And then in 2007, we beat them and we won the Mountain West Conference Championship. And then in 2008 is the year that they went to the Sugar Bowl and put it on Alabama. Right, so uh, the one year that I did beat them, it was uh, it was awesome. It was great, you know. It's uh, like I said, you know, that week is definitely a week that has a different energy. And, and uh, if you're a player and you say, you know, this game just means, you know, it means something just like the rest of the, uh, you know, it's no different than the other weeks uh, of, uh, of football than they're lying to you, right? There's definitely something that's special about that week and has a little bit more meaning, uh, especially to the fans throughout the throughout the state. He's the Peter Warwick of BYU football, Austin Collier. <laughs> Austin, it's always great to talk to you, man. Let's do it again soon. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it.
Austin Collier on the Deseret First Credit Union Highline. Deseret First, you know why, we show how. Love it. Coming up, a rising shout-out to the BYU staffer's wife who went six miles just to get the team some Powerade. And which Cougar in the minors had the biggest of days? This is BYU Sports Nation. Here to go, man. Here to go. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Shout-out to today's guest, Jake Heaps and Austin Collier, nine days away. Shows on demand via the podcast and the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Tight end Moroni Laulu Pujitao participated at practice for the first time yesterday. Lions Taki hopes to have him full go for Wednesday's closed scrimmage. Cougars in the NFL. Pro Football Focus names Taysom Hill to its team of the week after his 11 for 15 two touchdown performance and a comeback win against the Chargers. And the Colts signed Kainakua after being waived by the Panthers. Basketball. BYU men's basketball beat BC Salute, a pro team from Lithuania, last night in Florence, Italy, 92-64. TJ Haas led the Cougars with 23 points and 10 assists. Today, BYU takes on LCC International at 2 Eastern, 11 Pacific. Soccer. BYU is the co-favorite to win the West Coast Conference with Santa Clara, Elise Flake, and Michaela Coulihan, both selected to the preseason team. Today's rise and shout-outs now, and I'm giving it to Jacob Brugman, Jerem. Jacob Brugman extended his hit streak to six games, one for three with a double and an RBI in the Tacoma Rainers, eight to three win over the Salt Lake Bees. And the weekend before, hit four home runs. Four. The dude is crushing it for your Tacoma Rainiers. Yeah, maybe he'll get the call up to the Mariners, who absolutely stink. And uh, my rising shout-out goes to the BYU Men's Basketball Director of Operations, Bobby Hordusky and his wife, for going five miles by train and one mile walking to get Powerade for the team. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's elite. No Powerade in the gym, apparently. So they got to go six miles to get some. That's crazy. Got to take care of the boys, right? Man. We're Powerade school. Yes, we are. (laughs) Operative word being power. (laughs) Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Answering this question, which BYU football position group are you most confident in? Nine days from the season kickoff. At Tate J. Harmon answers on Instagram. Offensive line. I feel everyone is talking about the defensive line that the U has. And BYU has two All-Americans, freshmen, freshmen, on their offensive line. So don't yeah. disrespect us. They have straight All-Americans. BYU hopes to have straight All-Americans on their line. Like Lecky Foto is a yeah. preseason first-team All-American. Yeah. Sorry to Dennis Pitt. I ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. On 4th and 18, the ball wasn't thrown to Dennis Pitt. Or Jerem Jordan, <laughs> who is now uh, not as rich as he used to be because of 21 Pilots tickets. I am Spencer Linton. Shout-out to Scott Colley.